What is up, guys? We are live action. Dr. Pinesit here. And today we're talking about the biggest reason that pre-meds bomb the MCAT. If you're wondering why it's so hard to get a good MCAT score, it's because people don't understand the basic, simple principles that govern and determine your MCAT score. So today you're going to learn that. Check this out, guys. Get this information because it will definitely transform your MCAT progress. Let's go, guys. But stop making excuses. Stop whining. Stop, right? Get at it. No excuses. Just dominate. Alrighty guys, so today we're talking, like I said, we're talking MCAT and what it takes to get a great MCAT score. If this is your first time joining me, what up Mike? I am Dr. Andre Pinesat, I'm the study doc, and I am here, quite simply, to help you be an independent, confident, and efficient pre-med so you can get the med school of your dreams. This is the Dominate Pre-Med Show. Who's enjoying this Dominate Pre-Med Show, right? Um, so, we're talking, like I said, we're talking MCAT, and today we're talking specifically the biggest reason why a lot of people bomb the MCAT and weren't intending to. And if you're preparing for the MCAT, you're going to want to know this so that you don't make that mistake and you make the first time you take the MCAT a horrible, awful, terrible experience and your score is trash and you have to climb the hill again, you have to pay for the test again, all that stuff. So let's cut that out. Where this comes from is that I have my total pre-med transformation coaching group where I coach pre-meds and help you guys get into medical school, right? And in part of this group, uh, we had one of our first sessions. Uh, <laughs> and in this first session, someone was breaking down their story and asked me for feedback on what they should do. And the story goes something like this. They graduated from their undergrad last June. So six, six months ago. They graduated from their undergrad. They are currently taking classes to improve their GPA. And they're also studying for the MCAT. Okay, Utham, what up? Joe, what up? Tahir, what up? Julian, what up? At the gym, catching into this. All right, all right. Um, so she just graduated six months ago. She's taking classes, also studying for the MCAT with plans to apply this upcoming summer. And she was saying that her MCAT prep isn't going that great. She feels pretty stressed out because she's taking a bunch of classes and her scores aren't improving the way she wants. And I said, well, why do you think your scores aren't improving? She's like, oh, I don't know. It's this, it's that. I'm just like, I'm, I have a lot going on. And I said, exactly. I said, you have a lot going on that's bothering, that's perturbing your studying, right? Mike says he remembers this. And I said, well, wait a minute, why don't you just push your MCAT back and then apply next year? And she replied, well, I can't push it back because this is my last chance. And I said, well, wait, why is it your last chance? She said, because I'm already taking a gap year and I can't take another one. And what's so interesting is my, my dad once told me that can't shouldn't be in your vocabulary when I was a kid. And what's so interesting is, is I try to reinforce this with you guys because so often we use the words can't, impossible, unable to, incorrectly. The reality is, is oftentimes when you think about using the word can't, what you should substitute is I'm unwilling to blank. So when I say, hey, push your MCAT test back, she says, I can't. What she's really saying is I'm unwilling to push my MCAT test date back because I feel off schedule, because that seems like a long time to wait, because this journey is too long already, right? And what I wanna encourage all you guys to start thinking about is there is no can'ts in this world. There are no can'ts in this world. There are only cans and will you, 
Will you step up and do what's required to make what is a possibility a reality? And when it comes to doing the process of the MCAT, this woman, I was explaining to her, I said, you are committing the cardinal sin of MCAT prep in that you're rushing it. How many of you guys as pre-meds, you're constantly in a rush? You feel all this pressure, whether it's from yourself, from your parents, from your classmates, from your counselor, from your administrators. You feel pressure to hurry and get to medical school. You feel pressure to hurry up and get, and get done with this class. You feel her, uh, pressure to hurry up and get done with the MCAT, to get through it, to get past it. And you think that you can just close your eyes, put your shoulder down, and bulldoze through the MCAT? You think you just bulldoze through pre-med? You think you just bulldoze through the application and rush your application? What are the consequences of that? And I had to explain to this student, like I said, it was our first session, so she was new. She didn't know what was up. <laughs> but she said, listen, I can't take another gap year. I'm already in a gap year. And I said, no, 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 you're not. What's the definition of a gap year? And this is why, again, our words, we have to be very precise. We can't say can't, we have to say unwilling. And when we use terms, people use terms too interchangeably and too loose when it comes to their doctor future, when it comes to how they're going to pre-med, when it comes to how they're going to study and be a student. People just throw out terms without actually thinking about what they actually mean. So I want you guys to tell me what the definition of a gap year is. What does it mean to be in a gap year? Because this is very important in how we think about our process and whether we should be rushing or not rushing. Neomad, what up? Still second year undergrad, thinking more and more about the MCAT? All right, that's important. You should be thinking about the MCAT the first day you come pre-made. You should be thinking about that MCAT and how to get that job done, right? You should think about getting into my MCAT course, how to dominate the MCAT without an expensive prep class because it breaks down how you can prepare during your undergrad to be successful on the MCAT. And if you look right now in the box below, I have it on sale right now for $99. Yes, you can get my MCAT course for $99. So check that out in the box below. Uh, Neomed, Dalksum, hello. Michelle, happy Friday. Mike, what up? Yes, it's your dream. Do you want them to be right, right? You just saw that imposter syndrome uh, segment. I like it. <laughs> Finnerback's listening to a self-bio professor in one ear, listening to me in the other ear. Uh, Fresh Busy Prince, what up? Yes. Oh, Ebenezer, what up, man? Uh, Jordan, happy Friday, man. How's everything going? Uh, Tahara said, rushing was my biggest mistake and the accelerated associates program I was in did not help me, right? So, we all understand, right, that this rushing is problematic. That was my question, was what happens when we rush, right? What is the definition of a gap year? And no one answered my question about what a gap year is because most of you guys are like, ooh, I don't exactly know what a gap year is. And it's very, very important. A gap year is a year after you complete all of your courses for pre-med. So it is a time after you complete all your coursework and you're no longer taking classes. So when we say gap year, people often confuse this. They say, oh, well, after I finish my undergrad degree, I'm, I'm in a gap year. No, you're not. Because if you're still working in classes to get academically qualified, you're not in a gap year. The example would be if you're in a post-bac program. Is that considered a gap year? No. Why not? Because you're taking classes. So when we say to ourselves, listen, my, my GPA isn't what I need to be, so I'm going to take this year and take class and study for the MCAT, you're not in a gap year. You're in an academic preparedness year. You're trying to get academically qualified to get into medical school. And that's a different thing. And that's why the precision of our language matters, because if you thought you weren't in a gap year and you looked at it like a continuation of your undergrad, 
would you be in such a hurry to rush? Think about that, guys, right? And as part of that, if you if if you are taking a bunch of classes and you're putting this pressure to rush on yourself, what is happening to your grades and what's happening to your MCAT score? If you're taking a bunch of classes to get your GPA up, so you're already a weak student, right? We've identified that. If your GPA is weak, that means you have what? Poor study skills. So you're a weak student. And so now on top of taking classes against other people who are only taking classes, you're also going to be preparing for the MCAT. And because you're a weak studier, your MCAT prep is harder. So do you think you're going to do as well as you possibly could in either one of those things? Right? Asad, if you want to reach out to me, you can go to my website, supertransformation.com forward slash contact, and you can get me there. You can send me a voicemail, and I'll get right back to you. You guys can always submit your questions to me via voicemail and get your questions answered. Van Hood, hello. Awesome. I'm glad, Van Hood, I helped you out with your MCAT preparation. So this rushing process is problematic, and it's hugely an issue. And the reason that you guys rush is because you're comparing yourself to the traditional path. The traditional path. But what you don't recognize is that when you compare yourself to others, all you're doing is trapping yourself. You're putting yourself in a box on a concrete pathway that you cannot escape. And it's not a one-size-fits-all box. You may not fit into that box. But you're comparing yourself to someone in that box. And so if that box doesn't fit you, you don't even think about it. You're just like, oh, I'm going to make this box work. The box ain't working. Your shoulder's hanging out. It doesn't work. But you're still trying to make it work. And the problem is, is when you're in that box that isn't for you, the pathway is not for you, the method is not for you, what happens? You don't perform. You underperform. You come up short. And then you wonder why that happened. Well, because you're trying to follow someone else's pathway, trying to do it like someone else did it, as opposed to doing it like you need to do it. Do we understand what I'm saying here? We all have our own path to medical school. And we have to understand that we're never late. We're never behind. We never have to be in a rush. We are right on our schedule because we all have our own schedule, our own pathway of when we are going to get there and what we need to do to get there. And when we start comparing ourselves to other people and we start trying to rush up behind them, we, we fumble the ball, right? When you're rushing out the door, what do you do? You drop your keys, you drop your grocery. Right? When you're rushing, things get forgotten. When we're rushing, we leave things behind. When we're rushing, we overlook details. And those details are the difference between who gets in and who doesn't. And this is particularly important when it comes to your MCAT preparation. Because our MCAT preparation, MCAT preparation is quite simply quality of time you spend times the quantity of time you spend. Do we understand? Quality of time times quantity of time. If you skimp on either one of these, the quality or the quantity, your MCAT score will not be good. And the reason I have to point this out is because the average person who takes the MCAT studies in a focused period for three to six months. They get on average about 300 hours of prepping. If you want to get a top score, do you think you have to put in more time or less time than the average person? And Mike, I like what you said there. If you have a goal that has been invested and envisioned deeply, you will reach it with focused hard work. But what do you guys think? 
if you put in less time than the average MCAT preparation student, will you get a higher or a lower MCAT score? What are the odds of you getting the 520 MCAT score if you studied less than the average student, right? Of course, you're going to have a lower score. So then why do you guys try to convince yourself that, oh my gosh, even though everyone else is spending this much time, I could spend just as much time as them or less time, and I'm somehow magically going to get a higher score. That's a justification. That's a lie, right? That's you telling yourself, you know what? <laughs> I'm not willing, right? Not I can't. I'm not willing to give the MCAT the time and dedication it deserves. And because of that, your score will reflect your effort. Your score will reflect your focus. Your score will reflect your willingness to give it what it's required. So as you guys go, and I got into a huge debate with a student this week at a conference about this, because I was, I felt I was trying to save her pre-med life. I'm trying to save, she said it was her dream to become a doctor. And so she asked me, um, I just got my MCAT score back. I took it two months ago, got my score back. It was terrible. Should I take it again in two months? I'm like, no, you shouldn't. And again, when I asked her why, she's like, because I want to apply this year. So I said, because you want to apply, you're going to rush your MCAT and get another terrible score. And I said, what is your rush to get a med school rejection? And that offended her. And I apologize to her. I apologize to anybody else who was offended by that. But I'm asking you guys, are you in that much of a rush to have medical schools tell you you rushed and didn't cross the T's and dot the I's? I thought the whole objective was not to not to not just to apply, but to get in. I thought that was the objective. <laughs> Why are we rushing to get rejections? Instead, we should be pacing ourselves and measured to get our acceptance, because that's the goal. That's the dream. It's not a, you don't get a, a reward for applying to medical school. Why do you guys act like that? Like, oh, applying is all that it takes. If I apply, I've won. Like that's some kind of prize. <laughs> no, you want to get in. I thought. I thought you wanted to be a doctor. So why would we rush this? And when we talk about, right, and Abby says it's true, quality and quantity, I want to really emphasize with you guys, emphasize this with you guys. Not all of us are the same level of smart or the same level of good student. Do we all understand? Can we say this? It's a continuum, right? A bell curve of super smart, photographic memory to somewhat smart, not such great memory to no memory at all to excellent study skills, Dr. Pintet level study skills, super smart, 10 hours a week straight A's, or it's like, okay, I study a little bit more, but I still get the A's, slash I couldn't get an A if I gave it everything I had. There's a continuum. And if we're going to get the score we want, we have to be real about who we are and where we are on that continuum. And no matter where you are on that continuum, you can get the top score, but we have to recognize that if we're lower on that continuum, we're not as smart naturally, and we're not as good of a student as some of the other students, then it's going to take us what? A lot more time. And also, it's going to be a lot harder because the quality of our studying is not going to be as good. And it's okay. Like People act like it's, it's, it's bad to admit you have flaws. And one of the things that's made me hugely successful is I'm never afraid to say, I don't know. I'm never afraid to say, teach me. I'm never afraid to look at myself critically and assess myself and say, man, that's a weakness. Oh man, I need to work on that. Oh man, I have shortcomings here. Truthfully, how did I become a dominant stu student 
who finished, right, college, excellent grades, got into Stanford, finished top 5% at Stanford Med School. How did I finish top 5% at Stanford? You think it's by big dog in it? No, it was by recognizing, hey, snap, I'm an awful, terrible, no good reader. I am the king of procrastination because I love to party. I love to have my navel out. I love to just give it a little shimmy shake, navel time. I love all of that. I love beach volleyball. I'm in SoCal. I love beach volleyball. I don't even like playing volleyball. I like going and playing beach volleyball, observing the sights, the ocean, the beautiful sunshine, the ladies. I'm all for it. I know this about myself. And had I not been real with myself and recognized like, man, I am a major procrastinator. And even when I do do work, I'm an awful reader who's disorganized. If I didn't recognize it on myself, I couldn't make the adjustments. And when it comes to your MCAT prep, you can't create a plan of success if you don't recognize what your issue is. If you don't recognize what your strengths are and you don't work to improve your weaknesses and maximize your strengths and develop a plan that's unique for you. If you don't do that, you will not get the top score. Like, do you guys understand what I'm saying right here? We, we have to understand, if this is making sense to you, let me know I'm making sense to you guys right now. Because it's very important. We live in this world where everyone has to be perfection. And people confuse my confidence with thinking that I'm perfect. I'm not. But I strive every day to get better. And I can get better because I am confident enough in myself to say I'm flawed. And for you guys, can you recognize that you have flaws? Can you work to address them? Can you weave that in your MCAT prep? Can you say to yourself, man, I'm going to need longer than other people. I'm going to need I'm gonna need that. Hey, man, you know what? I get easily overwhelmed. It probably isn't the smartest thing for me to take all these classes my senior year and study for the MCAT. Maybe I should figure out how I can take my classes, finish, graduate, and use that next year to study for the MCAT. If you guys notice and you look at the AAMC statistics, most students now are taking what? Two gap years. What we don't recognize, I'm going to dive into that, why is it two years? Well, it takes one year to apply, which becomes a gap year, but students are getting smart and recognizing, man, quality of time, quantity of time, I need to put focused energy into my MCAT. If I can get out of my classes and I can spend the year after I graduate solely focusing on the MCAT for six, eight, ten months, doing eight hours a day, how much better is my score going to be? Way better. Because I don't have classes weighing me down. I don't have classes taking up time in my day. Do you guys see what I'm saying, the strategy here? What if you guys, instead of rushing, you said, no, I'm not going to rush because I'm not in a rush to get rejected. I'm patient enough to get my acceptance. Patience equals acceptance. Rushing equals busting. Something like that. <laughs> right? Be patient enough to get your acceptance. Take that year. Put that time in the test. There's no shame in that, guys. There is no shame. And Jordan's exactly right. It's why the average name cat is increasing because people are recognizing this thing matters. This is something I have control over. All I have to do is put in enough time and make sure that time is focused, high energy, engaged. I have the right MCAT study plan. 
hopefully utilizing question-based learning. If you don't know how to do question-based learning, which 99% of students I encounter don't, you should check out my MCAT course, which like I said, is in the box below for $99 off right now on sale. We should all be thinking this way, guys, because we all want to get in. And the reality is you guys should all get in. You guys can all get in. When people say to me, oh, I can't get into medical school, I'm like, man, you're a loser. Why? Because you don't understand that anyone can get into medical school. You're unwilling to do the work required to get there. That's the difference. So when I say someone's a loser, I can say that and mean it. Why? Because they're unwilling to do the work. And I feel like in this, in this world, the way you win, it's not about being the most successful person. It's not about getting the best grades. You win by creating a life you're proud of, making the impact you want to make, being what you want to be, living the life you want to live to make a difference in your own life and other people's lives around you. That's winning. And if your life that you want to live is being a doctor, if that's your dream, you say, man, I want to be a doctor. I want to wear that white coat. I want to save people in their time of need. I want to be a pillar in my community where I go back. If that's your dream and you aren't willing to do the work or you aren't willing to be inconvenienced to get that, you can't win. You've lost at life. Therefore, you are what? A loser. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? So, like, people get, like, twisted, like, oh, he could, yes, if you aren't willing to work for your dream, you've lost. You'll never be happy in your life. Never. Because all you'll ever think about is the regrets, the coulda, shoulda, wouldas of your life. It's a sad, sad thing. A life wasted. So I just want you guys to understand exactly, Abby, be the best you. What's wrong with wanting to be better? <laughs> I feel like we, we have the society of settlers. What's wrong with being better? I don't know. I, if I go to the doctor, I want the best doctor. <laughs> I don't want, oh yeah, he's all right. What's that commercial? What phone company has that commercial with the, with the doctor? <laughs> Ooh, he's got my license back, right? It's like, and they're like, sometimes all right just isn't enough or something like that. I, I'd be trying to figure out where all this comes from when people are saying all right is okay. Just accept yourself for who you are. No, be better. Okay. So when it comes to the MCAT, this is the important thing I want to say. We don't rush. And why don't we rush? Because we want quality and quantity of time. If you want to improve the quality of your MCAT prep, there are a couple things you need to do. The most controllable factors in the quality of your MCAT prep are your mental focus. We have a specific amount of brain power that we can utilize. If you're taking a bunch of classes, if you have a job, if you're doing research, if you're trying to lead a club, if you're doing all these things, every little morsel of that takes away some brain power. Do we understand? And if we are diverting brain power elsewhere, then we don't have that same brain power to use for our MCAT prep. Therefore, the quality of our preparation will be reduced. So I encourage all of you guys to get your life in order and do a real assessment of, okay, wait a minute, how much mentally can I handle? The other part of it is the emotional aspect with your classes, right, which are emotional, with your obligations, but even more with your social network. If you don't have supportive people around you during the MCAT, and people who take the MCAT can maybe testify this, put it in the box right now. 
How much harder is it to prepare when people around you don't understand how hard the MCAT is? When people don't understand what it's like to prepare for the MCAT, they don't understand what you have to do to be successful, right? So Abby said, if you have kids, yes, because kids got no sense about them. They are never sympathetic to what you have to do. So my kids are always popping in here, right? When I'm trying to help you guys out. They don't understand, but it's okay. Even though we can't reason with the kids, what can we do, guys? We can get someone else who is an adult, who is, right, who can be reasoned with to help us, to buffer us from that emotional and mental drain. And I love my kids, but everyone who knows who, like, what, what, having kids, people ask me, like, oh, what's like having kids? It is the best slash worst thing ever. Why? Because they're the joy of my life. And because of that, I give them everything I have. All my money, <laughs> all my time, all my energy, all my worries, everything goes into these kids. <laughs> so it's terribly draining, but it's the most rewarding thing ever. So it's like a combo package. So for you guys, figure out what things in your life is it the kids. Is it your significant other? Is it your family not understanding what you have to do, right? And this happens actually in some kind of in some cultures where they expect someone, oh, you're not in school anymore? Well, you need a job. And you try to tell them, well, listen, I'm studying for the MCAT. That is a job. They're like, no, no, it's not a job. And they make you go work, even though you don't have to, in addition to studying for the MCAT. And you do it because they pressure you, right? It's your family. You got to do what they say. That's what we say, right? Think about what you're doing and where you're allocating your energies and your focuses because that's going to affect the quality of your MCAT prep. And the reason that I'm such an efficient studier, a student who studied 10 hours a week in undergrad and got straight A's, a student who prepared for the MCAT independently and got a 95th percentile score and I was able to do it, is because I focused in and I made sure that my quality was through the roof. I knew how to study and I was able to bring it every time, bring my A game. Then on top of that, you need to give yourself a significant quantity of time to study for the MCAT. I know everyone cites two to three months, but in this day and age, guys, I would honestly, truthfully tell you, the moment you're a pre-med, you should start preparing like in small ways for the MCAT. And then when it comes time to what I call the acute study period, where you're focused in almost exclusively on the MCAT, I would give yourself six months. And that's great because A, you get more time in, but then B, you're not going to be as burnt out with that time. I see people who are like, oh, I have 30 days, I'm going to study 19 hours a day for 30 days. And by the end of it, they're darn near like cuckoo, cuckoo crazy. Like they've lost their mind because they're so burnt out. They're so stressed. They're so overwhelmed. They're so worn down. Space it out, guys. Six months, steady prep, taking the weekends off, sleeping at night, getting your rest, doing all those things. Give the test the quantity of time it deserves. Because some of you guys, you're like, oh, I got a month I'm going to take it because I got to apply. Do not rush the process because you'll sacrifice the two cues, quality and quantity. Does everybody understand what I'm saying right now? If you understand what I'm saying right now, let me know you understand. This is so important, right? I, I don't speak for my own good. I'm already into medical school, right? <laughs> I've already graduated from medical school. I've already become a practicing anesthesiologist. I've already done all this. So please let me know that you understand what I'm saying and it is clear to you that you have to sit down and have a hard conversation with yourself. You gotta sit there and have a, a mini dialogue and say, wait a minute, what kind of student am I? Where am I at? Am I giving this test the focus it deserves? 
Am I giving this test the energy it deserves? Am I giving this test the time it deserves? Or am I so busy comparing myself to other people that I'm trapping myself into a position that I know I'm not going to be successful on my MCAT through? It's crazy because when I say this to you guys, right, and I can tell you these stories about these students, and it seems crazy that they would do that, that they would put that pressure on themselves, they would sabotage themselves. But then I, when I turn in a room full of people and I ask, wait a minute, who else is artificially putting pressure on themselves? Who else is comparing themselves to such and such and such and such and making poor moves for themselves right now? And the people start to reflect on their own stuff. I'm like, oh, snap, I'm just as guilty as that person. So truthfully, we have to sit there and say, wait a minute, what am I doing to get my dream? Or am I a loser who's unwilling to do what's required to get my dream? I'm just, I'm just telling you guys, please make a competent decision for your future. For your future. Everyone understand? Yes, my MCAT course is amazing. And if you guys click below, click in the show notes, my MCAT course is on sale for a limited time, $99 for my MCAT course. Insane. 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 And what's interesting is Chris, uh, Christian just asked, I'm a non-traditional pre-med. We'll finish the minimum classes this summer. I was wondering if it is necessary to take biochemistry. We just talked about this in a previous session, but you absolutely should take biochemistry, right? Why? Because biochemistry is the glue between biology and chemistry. It ties together the physiological concepts from physics and brings everything to bear in, in, into, into our processes and our workflows. So if we talk about the MCAT and how it intentionally masks certain materials and it brings together different concepts to make it more confusing than it really is, then wouldn't you want to have the experience of taking the subject that's the glue of all those subjects? Wouldn't that put you in a better situation for your MCAT? Forget the application part. Wouldn't it put you in a better position to get this top score you want on the MCAT? That is it for today, guys. If you are looking to step your MCAT prep game up, well, you should be. Right now, limited time only, my MCAT course is on sale for $9 to $9, y'all. Click below in the show notes and get that and, and, get, and dominate the MCAT, guys. My course will teach you how to literally independently right, and stress-free prep for the MCAT and understand actually how to study. Because I feel like that's what's lacking in everybody. No one knows how to study. Everyone thinks they do. They don't, which is why I offer my five pillars course. But then specifically for the MCAT, if you don't know how to manage all those resources, some of you guys, right, you got your, your big book set. It's like 50 books and you're all excited about it. But my question to you is when you look at those stack of books, are you really excited or are you dreading the fact that you have to try to read 50 books and you've never read a whole book in your life, a whole textbook? Wouldn't you like to know how to manage that? Wouldn't you like to know how to fix your schedule? <laughs> right? You got to think about those things. So check that out in the box below. Get to my MCAT course and get over to my website in general, studenttransformation.com, and check out the awesome courses and coaching programs I have for you guys. I hope you guys are enjoying this show, the Dominate Pre-Med Show, and you guys will support. Check me out on iTunes, y'all, with the podcast. Everyone have a beautiful, wonderful, lovely, exciting day. And as we always close, guys, how do we close? How do we close? How do we sign off? How do we get out of here? No excuses, just dominate. I will not make the excuse that I have to rush. I will not make the excuse that other people are doing this way, so I have to do it this way. And I will not make obstacles that don't need to be there and put them in my road to block me. 
Instead, I'm going to remove all that junk. I'm going to focus on me. I'm going to give my MCAT the time it takes, and I'm going to dominate. No excuses, just dominate. Do we understand? No excuses, just dominate. You guys have a wonderful, splintiferous, fantastical day, and I'll see you guys next time. Later, y'all. Today is the day, guys. No more excuses. No more complaining. You're going to take your future in your own hands. You're going to dominate. You're going to be successful. Get to my website, studenttransformation.com. I challenge you. What are you going to do today to make your life better?